We're back. It's Wednesday. It's Into the Crease. I'm Danny DeBach, your new host for this show, alongside Derek Harper. It's Wednesday, midway through the week. How are we feeling this week, Derek? I'm feeling great, you? You know, it's great to be here. It's great to be great to be here in Ellensburg where the weather is its so unpredictable and it, it really changes every single day. Yeah. I mean, that's for sure. I was looking on my phone today and last night I said it's going to be sunny all week. Look on it today, and it says it's going to snow tomorrow. Yeah, the, the weather forecast, it's unpredictable, and who knows what to expect. But one thing we, we, can, we can expect this season, it's hockey season, and we have hockey aplenty. Exactly, and that'll be the thing that we're talking about here from the NHL and maybe a few WHL points here. That's exactly right, Derek, and let's get right into it. First, let's look into the Western Conference, and there is definitely parity in, in this, this half of the NHL, and we have, the, we have a cluster of teams fighting for... F- we have two teams fighting for first place in the Central of Winnipeg and Nashville. Only four points splitting the two teams, but Winnipeg is up in, in, in that division, and then, there is, and then in the Pacific Division... We have Calgary looking pretty. They're six games at the time of this recording ahead of the San Jose Sharks, who are the next closest team to them. And then one point behind is the Vegas Golden Knights. And then there is a race for that last wild card spot. Right now, Colorado has 52 points. They are in third place in the Central Division. But tied with them is the Dallas Stars and the Vancouver Canucks are also tied with Dallas with 52 points. And then we have plenty of teams who are not too far behind in the Minnesota Wild, the Anaheim Ducks, the Edmonton Oilers, the Arizona Coyotes, and the St. Louis Blues. And that is definitely why there is so much parity in this Western Conference. Derek, give me a bold take. So my bold take, the Nucks right now. They are Vancouver Canucks. Yeah, they are a team that's... They haven't been doing well the past few years, but they are on the uh, rise here. And I'm not saying they'll make the playoffs. We aren't talking playoffs yet, but they're a team that's going to go on the rise here. There's someone just to keep your eye on there. And why is that? I want I want to know why. Why why is this Vancouver team proving itself more than say the Minnesota Wild, the Anaheim Ducks, the Edmonton Oilers, the Dallas Stars, the Colorado Avalanche? What? What does Vancouver have that puts them over the top? I mean, Colorado's still on top of them, but when you come down to the wild card, I'm choosing Nucks. Yeah, they just lost the Twins, who called it a career after, I don't know, like 18 years. Oh, it was, it was quite a long time, Derek. And so now they have all the young guns. They made some moves. They brought in Elias Pettersson, and that kid, he's going to win the Calder Trophy this year. Oh, hands down, hands down. Along with you know, Sven Berchi. They just uh, released one guy, and they're doing some moves here. You have uh, Adam Goddard, who's been up and down with them. You have Bo Horvat, Ben uh, Hutton. They're uh, going to be a team to really keep your eye on. They're going to be, in the future one day, they'll be a big powerhouse. You know, I, I think you're wrong, and here's why. You have the Dallas Stars and the Minnesota Wild, and here's here's my reasoning behind it. Dallas... They have the weaponry. They have the offense. They know how they get it done often. This Dallas team is legit. They have Tyler Sagan, and then once they have Jamie Benn back, look out. This team is going to be something special. We know they have the power, the energy that comes from from 
from uh, Alexander Radulov. That man is a that man is a beast. And then you have Ben Bishop and and Andrew Kadobin the in goal for Dallas, and both of them are veterans. They know what they're doing. They've been there before. They know what it takes to win in the postseason, and that's why I think Dallas is, is certainly going to be one of those teams that's going to that's going to be a threat in the Western Conference in the days to come. Yeah, you have those weapons. You have the goalies, but Tampa. Look at what they're doing. There's like 16 points ahead of the closest team, I think, and they traded Ben Bishop to the Stars, and now they're doing even better. And Vancouver, they have the young guns. Sometimes when it comes down to it, the veterans, they're great and all, and they can make some big runs. But sometimes it's those young guys that can kind of be like, watch this, and may propult them or jump them over the top there. Well, just look at who who's won the, the Stanley Cup the last three years. Sidney Crosby and the Pittsburgh Penguins, they won it twice. And then Alexander Ovechkin, the veteran, he also won a Stanley Cup. So the veterans are sure, uh, have really shown up, especially in winning the Stanley Cup. And that's why I think this Dallas Stars team has potential to do very well down the stretch and and really punch, punch make a statement in these next few days to come. Yeah, but the... Pens, they I mean they have like Sydney and um, Malkin, and they're. Can, can we say that they're not? They're a big team, but they're kind of your alien team. They're not from Earth. They're always a contender. And all due respect to the Caps here, but they played an expansion team, and Vegas was a threat. I mean, Vegas was a really good team, not knocking them at all, but they had to play an expansion team to win the Cup. If they've been playing, say, I don't know this. Um, Sharks or somebody or the Flames I don't know it would have been the same result there well only well who knows it's it's in history's past but but Dallas is has been a great team they've had the power to to score at well they they have the capability of going big when they want to and that's why this Dallas team is is going to really make an impact and change the scope of the National Hockey League. And that's why I think that they're more formidable than Vancouver. And then you also have teams that are also in the mix. Is there is there another team, Derek, that you think could also fit their way into a wild card position? I think maybe the Coyotes right now are the team I'm kind of looking at. And it sounds weird being that they've been a seller dweller the past few years and there's instability in in that area just a murky future and all that but that aside we're looking at a team that's doing better than normal they're posting up wins on a semi-normal basis I think they might be a dark horse there oh they very well could be this Arizona team they've won they've earned points in seven of their last ten games at the time of this recording this Arizona team might be something special but it's the Coyotes and and they'll always be the Coyotes. So, are they really legit? Who knows? What do you think, Derek? I'm, I mean, I want to say they're not, but this year I've just been even walking around every day just thinking about hockey, and the Coyotes keep working their way into my uh, head. There's just something about that team that's just itch, itching, itch, itching uh, me. And it's just, I don't know what it is about them, but there's something about them that keeps poking at me. So, Darcy Kemper, he has 10 wins on the season for this Arizona team and that that's contributed to nearly half of the wins that that have taken place uh, 
and that's why in retrospect I think Arizona is they have a chance to be a to make a statement they've been making a statement so far and can it propel them to potentially playing longer who knows but this Arizona team they they have the weapon the weaponry to do something special that's why Arizona is one of the teams to look look out for in Derek's eyes to me there's a team that that I think is also important the Minnesota Wild they have they have Devin Doomdick. He's been around for a while, and he's always been consistent. You have Zach Parise, and then and then also Ryan Suter in in the defenseman area. This this Minnesota team, I think, can overtake Vancouver and possibly make a possible push to being better than the Vancouver Canucks. I don't know about that. I mean, we're talking Minnesota, who last year made the first or second round, and they're just kind of been on a Sort of a slump. I don't know if you call it a slump. They just traded away Nino Niederreiter to the Carolina. And now I just Arizona keeps putting their head in me. Because down on the farm you have Aiden Hill in that. And he's come up a few games. He's had a couple of shutouts in the NHL with the Yotes. And it's just if you have some talent on the farm you occasionally bring up. And Minnesota's, Minnesota's a great team. I mean, I'm not knocking them at all. They're a great team. Always fun to watch. But they're just one of those teams that doesn't always do super well when it, when they need need to. I'm thinking it's time for a new team to step up and kind of take their place a little. Well, the fact of the matter is Minnesota consistently, when come April and May, they're always there. That's why I think well, Minnesota knows what it takes to get to the get to oh, to oh May yeah. and 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 so forth. But and that's why I think. Their experience will overtake Vancouver. That's why Vancouver will be out of the picture come April. That's that. That's what I see from Minnesota. I don't know if they'll overtake Vancouver. I mean, they're a great team, but Vancouver, uh, Pedersen, he can propel them to wins. I mean, that kid alone. Yeah, I mean, that team works as a team. They have multiple players who can produce for them, whether they're coming up from the farm or the ones that are there all game long, day to day. But... That Vancouver team, they're, they're a dark uh, horse there, and they're someone to watch out for. But they don't have a goaltender similar to Devin Dubnik. That's the issue. They don't have the veteran experience there, but if he can have a few solid games here and there, and they have another goalie, they have Jacob Markstrom there, and they have the other goalie, I forget his name right now. But, yeah, veteran goalies are great, but I don't know if they're really needed right now. I mean, if you have a team that can produce points on and off the ice consistently day in and day out, training, and even building up their strength and playing to their weaknesses and knowing those points? At the time of this recording, Vancouver has a goal differential of minus 11, while Minnesota has a mere minus 5. And Minnesota, at the time of this recording, has two games in hand on the Vancouver Canucks. And looking at potential... Content the, uh, looking at contenders who are really showing up as of late. The Colorado Avalanche, they are they are taking league by storm as of late. Yeah, the Avs are a, a real uh, deal there. They are a very good team offensively. They have uh, Nathan McKinnon, and that those that team is powerful. I mean, uh, Tyson Berry, watch out for them. They've been kind of a dark horse, not really a top team in the past two seasons, but this year. They're going to surprise some people, and they're a force to be wreck, 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 reckoned with you. 
Looking at the Avalanche and what they did last year in the postseason, they played Nashville, and everyone was saying, yeah, it's not even a contest. Nashville's going to sweep Colorado. Colorado just squeaked in the playoffs, but that really lit a fire in that team. And looking at the Avalanche this year, it's a different hockey club. They, they've been winning more. Recently, they played the Los Angeles Kings, and at one point, they led 7 to nothing against that team. Now, that's making a statement. And the Kings, though, this year, when was that Kings game last season? This was, this was last Saturday. So, I mean, the Kings are a team that can still be doing well, but this year, I mean, the Kings are a bottom feeder team. Not saying they're garbage, but they brought in Colville Chuck from the KHL, former NHL star. But they just haven't been able to find themselves this year. I mean, they go from winning sure, a cup to sure. being a bottom feeder team. I don't know if you count the Kings as a good win for that. Still a 7-1 win is convincing. Yeah. We will take a break here on Into the Crease. And we're back at Into the Crease. I'm Danny Bach alongside Derek Harper. We are going to discuss one of the big trades in the NHL this past weekend. Nino Niederreiter being traded for being traded to the Carolina Hurricanes for Victor Rask. And both the and this this is a big trade because these are two great players on on these franchises. And it seems as if this could be a good trade for both sides. Yeah, I mean, Minnesota, they've been a great team as of late, but haven't been that superstar team that they used to be, like making the conference finals and stuff. But Victor Rass might propel them to that, but he also broke up a duo and a offensive man and a def- def- defensive man in Matt Dumba and Nino. Nino, they played together in the WHL, I think. Maybe I don't know if they were on the same team at that exact year. But... I mean, Nino, he goes to the Canes, and he's, last night, as of this recording, last night he scored twice in one of his first games with the Canes. Granted, against the Oilers, who are kind of four points out of wildcard spot and aren't really knowing what their future holds, kind of finding themselves. But scoring two goals with their new team, he has some new energy, I mean, I'd say. That guy, watch out for the Canes here. And to keep in perspective, Victor Rask did have an assist in the Wilds' win against the Columbus Blue Jackets in what proved to be the winning goal. And that's why this trade is a benefit for both teams, and especially considering where they're at right now. They're sitting a few points out of the playoff picture and making this trade. This is a sign of these te- these teams saying, hey, look at this. We're We're outside the edge of possibly missing the playoffs we want to get into to contention and and rattle off a few wins so we're going to make this trade and make a statement yeah i mean they're going to make a big old name for themselves here but i don't think they'll be a, a big enough to make a dent in the in their in this season to propel them into the future i think carolina won this trade and i think it's going to show here soon are you sure you're not showing your bias because you're a you're a Portland Winterhawks guy, and Nino Niederreiter came from I'm Portland? I'm not. I mean, I've been watching the Wild, and I love watching the Wild. They're a fun team to watch. Carolina, though, there's something about them these days that they've lit a fire under themselves, and it was before this trade. 
don't know if it's the inst- instability within that team. Uh, maybe it was the Whalers night that was controversial. But there's something about that team. They're kind of like the Yotes here. They're that underdog team that's kind of starting to make a name for themselves here. And who knows? Maybe they might make an impact. Now let's look at the Eastern Conference side of things. You have Carolina. They are sitting seven points at the time of this recording from the Pittsburgh Penguins for the last and final wildcard position. But what really catches my attention is the Metropolitan Division and what seemingly seemed as a turn of the guard. It was on Friday night of this past week where the New York Islanders finally traveled to Washington to take on the Capitals and head coach for the for the Islanders Barry Trotz was honored for what he did during the course of his time in Washington giving the Caps their first Stanley Cup which has eluded them for so long but right now we're the focus is the present and this game was a change of the guard the the Islanders won by a score of two to nothing in a shutout win and a great great win for the Islanders as a whole and now looking at where the Islanders are at, they're sitting in first place in the Metropolitan Division. Who would have imagined that would have happened? I can't believe I'm saying this now being a Hawks fan, but i got to give it to the Seattle Thunderbirds fan base here and them saying bars all over and over to the point where it's dri- dri- driven me nuts here. But I think it's he's been a big factor and their new coach. Being their coach came and brought the Caps the Cup and then adding bars all in the mix and Having John Tavares on the, bringing him on. Did they trade him away? And I mean, getting rid of Tavares and giving him to the Leafs, bringing the youth to the team. I think sometimes the youth, like I said with the Knucks, the youth is what propels them sometimes. And they also have, they found their future. They're back at their old barn for a few games for a lot of the season. I think being back at their old barn at the Nassau. I think that's a big deal for them. I think that kind of gave them some like, ah, oh, we're back. Let's do this thing. Let's win this cup, maybe, and bring a cup to our old barn for one last time and before they move to their new building out by Queens, out by the Mets Park. It's been legendary what the Islanders have done at, at Nassau Coliseum, and there's so many great moments, the Islanders teams of the past and what they've done. It's been amazing. Right now, in the present, this Islanders team is something special. Of course, you have Matthew Barzell and what he's done. But what I what really catches my attention for the New York Islanders is their goaltending. And they have used that in effectively. And Robin Leonard, he's been middle of the pack as far as a goaltender is concerned. And now, next thing you know, Robin Leonard is one of the best goalies in the National Hockey League. Hockey League. This is amazing what he has done to revitalize his career. Yeah, I mean, I have never really heard of that guy, and that's saying some. I mean, I know all the big names in the NHL. I've heard his name maybe once or twice. So if a guy is, if a team's doing that, the goalie's a big factor in the team's rise to the top here. And I think they're going to be a team that's might be a threat in their future. They're going to win. They're about to win a lot of games here. And they're going to be a big deal here soon. I mean, if they're not already. They have a new building on the rise. They have Barzal. They have they have a lot of good things happening there. And I think their old building has re-energized them. Their youth re-energized them. Their goalie's doing well, so he's feeling happy. I think just everything's going right for them. 
and it seems to be the case. And and that shows to the impressiveness of the New York Islanders and what Barry Trotz has meant for that organization. Now, in retrospect, look at where Barry Trotz left, the Washington Capitals. And looking at where they're at, they've in their last 10 games, they've only won three. And they're starting to slip away, potentially. What could this mean for this Washington team who won a Stanley Cup last year? They're sitting currently in third place in the Metropolitan Division, but they're one place behind the Pittsburgh Penguins for the final wild card position. Could we see possibly Washington falling off a cliff? I think that's coming. I think uh, where Trotz goes, uh, wins follow. And he's not with them anymore, so I think the Caps are kind of on a headed for a downfall here, sadly. But I think their great days are over. They won the Cup, and I think you could uh, see some big names retire on that team soon. But I think as much as fun as they're watched, there could be some rebuilding there soon and some trades happening real quickly maybe next season. Barry Trotz seemed to bring this Washington team over the hump, and now they're starting to potentially go back to their old ways before Barry Trotz where they would be middle of the pack and not not really taking that next step and always losing in the first round or the second round. Obviously, we know what happened when Barry Trotz came to town and with the Capitals always losing to the Penguins. But then last year, finally, the Capitals won the Stanley Cup, beating yeah, the Penguins the along the way. That reminds me of the WHL Western Conference Series between the Hawks and Rockets. It would be, I think it was three straight years. The Hawks would beat them every every year and go to the finals, every year. And the Rockets would have that look of like, when are we going to beat these guys? And the one year Kelowna beat them, and it just energized. And they went on to win the cup, and that was the Capitals last season. I think they're going to about to rebuild, and I think um, some big names will get traded away or retire on that team. I think it's it's kind of sad to see what's going on there, but I think Trotz is the main factor. A lot of the times when a coach gets fired. You're thinking it wasn't his fault. The players aren't playing well or there's something wrong there. But a coach can make a massive, massive impact with the team like he did for the Caps. And that, and, and that goes to your point of how a coach can really change a team. He, he changed the Predators. He obviously changed Washington. And now he's proving the same effect to the New York Islanders. And But that's the Metropolitan Division. The Islanders are sitting right up and pretty in first place and looking at the Atlantic but looking at the Atlantic division Tampa Bay is out in front with 76 points at the time of this recording that's 16 points away from the nearest team but here's my team to look out for the Boston Bruins really I are, are you sure you don't have any bias showing there Danny look at this they have Tuka Rask in goal and he has taken the Boston Bruins to a Stanley Cup before and their offense can score at will. David Posternock and his power play, he leads the, the, the NHL in power play goals. And with that unit they have, with, with not only Posternock, they have Patrice, Patrice Bergeron, who's also great in the faceoff circle. And then they have defenseman Danton Heinen, who's also great. And then don't forget, you have Chara, the veteran presence, who's always there. And then Tori Krug, he's been around, and he knows what it takes to succeed in this league. That's why this Boston team is something special, and they will be a force to be reckoned with the rest of the season and, and, and continuing on from there. 
and not to mention the Bruins have played plenty of games on the road at the beginning of the season. They'll be playing at home. That's why this Bruins team is a team to look out for, and they will be making a big push in the days to come. They won't. They, in all likelihood, they will not catch Tampa Bay. They they are far beyond every, everyone's reach at this stage. They will win the Presidents Trophy in my eyes, but. But that's 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 near the end of the season. We're not looking there. We're looking right now at the near future. It's Boston who's in the driver's seat right now. Really? I mean, what about those Toronto Maple Leafs, man? I mean, they have Mitch Marner, Austin Matthews, Patrick Marlowe. They have a veteran presence in that guy leading Matthews and Marner. And they have a really rejuvenated team. That team's energetic. I mean, with... Them and the Bruins, they have a heated rivalry, go back and forth. I mean, but I think it's when it comes down to those two teams, I think I give the edge to the Leafs here, man. Look at it this way. In the last 10 games, so this is a recent scope, so that we're taking a look at what's going on right now and who's succeeding and who isn't. Right now, Boston in their last 10 games is 6-3-1. and one. Their last 10. Keep in mind with Toronto, instead... They are three and seven. Toronto is starting to fall apart in my eyes, and that's why Boston's going to not only overtake Toronto, but they're going to catch steam, and then come May, June, watch out for the Bruins. They're coming. But one of their main stars has been out with the injury, so they're just finding themselves in. Austin Matthews has been out all season. It seems like with a massive injury, he's just gotten back. So I think they're right now they're kind of finding themselves again, um, kind of having some bumps and bruises along the way. But I would keep an eye on those Maple Leafs. The Bruins are the top team right now between those two. But I think the Leafs are going to be the team when it comes down to it. I mean, they'll find themselves. They'll get everything smoothly, smoothed out again in the lineup and maybe make a few trades here or there. I think with a little help maybe, maybe bring some farm p- players up or something, but I think the Leafs will be the team there when it comes down to it. Boston has the better power play, and they have the more playoff-driven team. That's why Boston is going to go deep into the upcoming months the rest of the year. We'll take a break here on Into the Crease. Coming up next, we'll have some WHL discussions about the Kelowna Rockets and what has happened to them. Don't go away here on Into the Crease, powered by 88-1 The Berg, your hockey central. Welcome back to Into the Crease. I'm Danny Abak here alongside Derek Harper, and we're going to shift now to the WHL. And right now, looking at the standings currently, there is one team that seems to be they're descending during the course of the season, and that is the Kelowna Rockets. They are not the team that they used to be in years past, as Derek was referring to early on in the show. This, Kel- this Kelowna team, in their last 10 games, has gone three, five, and two on the year, and with Kelowna holding currently, they're they're in the wild card position for now. But it seems if it as if it might not be turning out too well for this Kelowna team. They seem to be falling apart with Prince George and also having Victoria also in the mix. That's why the, this team could possibly be in a little bit of heat. 
Yeah, that's an interesting thing you bring up there, Danny. Um, the thing that kind of perked me up was the Royals. They made a trade this year with Prince Albert to send one of their fairly good players to the Raiders, who was already running away, running away with the league. And I think the Rockets, I don't know if the WHL teams would actually tank, but if anybody's tanking in this league, it's, it's the Rockets. They've been on a downfall, and they fired the coach this year, and then one of the first games after, after firing the coach, after firing him, they lost 7 nothing. I mean, usually you're supposed to start doing better with the new coach, and maybe they've done a little better, but it sure doesn't show that. And Victoria, I was skeptical of that move at first when they traded away one of their best players to the Raiders, but they brought back some youth, and I think that might actually be helping them. Last night, they beat Everett Silvertips in Everett. Let that just sink in for a minute. And you have Prince George, but Prince George has also been on a little bit of a downfall. They had a good year a couple years ago uh, when the Winter Rocks upset them in the second round. And it just, those guys, I don't think they have it, but those three teams there, who's going to make the wild card? It's the Royals. Those, that's your dark horse team there. Victoria is sitting at second place currently at 47 points. Kelowna is at 42, whereas with Kamloops, they are at 37, five points behind Kelowna. But then again, Kamloops is near the cellar of the league. And as far as the wild card positioning goes, right now in the driver's seat is Tri-Cities sitting at 51 points out of any, any wild card potentials reach. And then guess who is left in the final playoff spot? It's the Seattle Thunderbirds. Okay, so Seattle was really interesting to me. Went to a game December 31st, annual New Year's Eve game between the Birds and the Winterhawks down south. And Seattle's Zach Andrusiak scored twice. Then they traded away him the next day. They traded away Jake Lee, uh, Hughes, or not Jake Lee, excuse me, just Hughes and uh, somebody else. And everybody thought, oh, they're tanking. They're going to be garbage for the next two years or so. And they, that might be the case. But now the Thunderbirds are winning. So they might actually be a wild card team. But it's also like, are they just having this magical little turnaround here? Like, um, it's not hockey, but the Portland Trailblazers, they lost LaMarcus Aldridge. And the next year, they make the second round of the playoffs. Everybody thought, oh, they're going to win 30 games, if, if, if that. Well, that might be the case with these Thunderbirds. This might be a magical season here. They make the wild card, maybe the first, maybe, maybe even the second round. But I think they're truly a rebuilding team there. But it can't knock Tri-Cities either. They've, they're a little, their play isn't always the cleanest, Tri-Cities. But they're a team that has played particularly well against some pretty good teams. So I think when it comes down to it, Thunderbirds may be Dark Horse team, but Tri-Cities Inc. has the wild card spot along with the Royals. I'm still going with my Seattle Thunderbirds. I, they, they have they've been there before. They've gone to the Western Hockey League final. They won one against the Regina Pats two years ago. They've proven that they can win, and, they're, and they have the experience from veterans past, bringing it on down to their youth. They know what it takes to win. That's why Seattle is still a team to look out for in, in my eyes. But this Kelowna team, they, they've, they, they've only won three games. It, in my, it, it, I would not be surprised to see this team 
considering all that they've done as a franchise out of the playoffs. Yeah, and I hate to see that. I have a lot of respect for that team, the battles my Hawks fought them with. I mean, they were always a battle. And then the one year they beat us, I was like, man, this team, they're special. And then now you see uh, the one guy up at the Oilers that played for the Rockets, uh, Leon Dreisaitl, what he's done with the Oilers. I mean, they've always been a really talented team. They have a talented broadcaster, Reagan Bartel. They just have an all-around great organization. And it's kind of sad to see this, but I think you're right, Danny. They might just kind of be tanking. But when teams do that, sometimes they come out of that and they they get scary in two or three years. They could be a force to be reckoned with in the days to come. Coming up after the break, a segment that we will always conclude our show with, and that are the NHL Picks of the Week and then also the WHL Game of the Week. Don't go away here on Into the Crease, powered by 88.1 The Berg, your Hockey Central. Back to Into the Crease. I'm Danny Abaka alongside Derek Harper here for eight, for Into the Crease, powered by 88.1 The Berg, your Hockey Central. And we're about to make some picks here for our final segment of our show. Our first pick is a game. We have two games that are, we have three games rather, excuse me, that are going on tonight. First, two slumping teams. The Washington Capitals are heading to Toronto as the Maple Leafs host the defending Stanley Cup champions. Derek, we're going to be recording all our picks. Who do you say is going to win this game tonight? Toronto. Why is that? Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, and the veteran presence and Patrick, former Thunderbird, Marlowe. And that guy, he's been really kind of being the veteran leadership there. They're in a little bit of a slump right now. We have to account for Austin Matthews has been out a good amount of the season. I think they're still trying to find themselves there. There's some bumps and bruises along the way. But that team, they're going to be good here soon. I think they're going to start finding themselves again. They might make a late push here. This Washington team, we're about to head into the All-Star break finally, and it'll be a rest for some of these teams. But the Washington Capitals, nothing seems to be going right with that team. And with Braden Holpe, he's hit or miss. Outside of the Stanley Cup run that he had during the course of last year, he has been mediocre at best. That's why I'm picking Toronto in this this game. I'm going with Derek here, and I'm picking the Leafs over the Washington Capitals. And then also later on that same night, we got another premier matchup. The Nashville the Predators fortress. are taking on the Vegas Golden Knights. This this is a matchup to behold, Derek. It's hard to pick that one. Um, you have Ryan Johansson on the uh, Predators, but he might be suspended. Um, I don't know if that ruling has came out yet. He had something happen. I think he had a dirty hit or something the other night. We also have suspended two games for that hit, yeah, for yeah, a like, hit that he yeah. had. In a game, I believe it was against Columbus. Yeah, and you have um, Philip Forsberg, I believe, on Predators. And you, you have a good Predators team there, but I don't know about them. They just, there's something about them that they aren't as good as years past. I think I'm going to have to go with Vegas here. They don't have James Neal anymore, but Vegas, they had a little bit of a slump at the beginning of the season, but now they're up there. They're in a good spot in the... Division, conference, and they're a really good team now. I mean, I have to go with Vegas on their home ice. Yeah, and this Vegas team, they were slow out of the gate. 
But Marc-Andre Fleury, he has been something special. He leads the league currently in wins with 27. Then you look at Nashville. They've had the veteran experience. They have the defense. We know what they could bring to the table. Roman Yossi and also P.K. Subban. They have a great defense, and then their offense can score. Philip Forsberg also with the attacking thrust for Nashville. Two great teams going head-to-head. But in the end, it'll come down to goaltending, and that's why Vegas is going to win the game. They're, they are going to beat the, the Nashville Predators in my eyes. So I'm going with Derek again. Vegas is going to overtake the Nashville Predators in that game. Now that brings up the last game tonight. It will be Vancouver against the Carolina Hurricanes. And this is a interesting matchup considering the trade that happened as of late and also with the Vancouver Canucks possibly on the rise. Yeah, look for the Nucks to start Jacob Marstrom there, but also don't be surprised if they make a last-minute switch to an AHL call-up. Thatcher Demko, he is 2-0. 2-0 since being called up. The Canucks are on the rise, and I think that guy could be their goalie of the future. And that team, they have Elias Pettersson, or Elias Pettersson, excuse me, and they have J- they have Pedersen b- putting in pucks in net. They have Marstrom, Demko in net. They have Hutton, Bertree. Uh, forget the other, the other guy's name. But that's a talented team. And don't get me wrong, Nino Niederreiter and the Carolina Hurricanes are a really good team too. But this is in Vancouver at Rogers Arena. Energized Canucks team. They're doing really well this season for from what they've been in the past few seasons. I'm going to have to go with Vancouver here. I will go with Carolina. Why? They have a scoring leader in Sebastian Ajo unlike any other. And with the goaltending, it may be a committee, but they have been decent, and it'll be good enough to give Carolina the win just because of the depth that they have in this team. And it shows why they're in the mix in the playoff hunt. So I'm taking Carolina. And next up, we have... One last game. This will be on a Tuesday night after the All-Star break, which will be entertaining to watch with all the stars coming together and and having a great weekend in San Jose. But it'll be time to get back to business, and we have a dandy on Tuesday, af- on Tuesday afternoon. The Boston Bruins against the Winnipeg Jets. Two great teams duking at it for possibly potential well, both teams in the thick of the playoff race that will be a big game in Boston yeah I mean you have Boston and you have the Jets and the Jets are a really good team but they just kind of fallen short of where they were trying to get the past two years they get to the second or third round and they fall short past like two or three years and this game's in Boston I'm going to have to go with the Bruins here they have Marshan, they have the really good guy, David Posternock. Um, I think this Bruins team is especially on home ice is gonna beat the Jets here. I agree. Too much firepower. I'm I'm giving it to the Bruins, but you can't underestimate the Jets and the talent that they have. So in my eyes it will be close, but the Bruins will pull it out. And finally, our WHL game of the week. The Tri-City Americans and the Portland Winterhawks. Derek, who's going to take this? Oh, gosh, this is so hard. I mean, my bias aside with the Hawks, the Hawks should be 1-4 against them. 
um, after a controversial call this year. But Tri-Cities 5-0 and against the Hawks. But it's bound for the Hawks to beat them this season. You can't lose every single game. I mean, you can, but I don't see it happening. I mean, I think the Hawks, after playing them last night, I think the Hawks are finally going to crack the Ams this season and beat them. If, if they've done it time and time again, there has to be matchup problem. That's why I'm going with Tri-Cities. They're going to win again. They're going to come to Portland and earn the victory. That's why I'm giving it to the Tri-City Americans. They will get the win over Portland in my eyes. And, and it, it's, it's a reason why this Portland team might not be who, they, who, they, who Derek thinks that they might be because I, I personally don't believe that they're legit. I mean, Tri-City's legit, but the Hawks, they beat Everett the other night 5-1. to one. Then Everett lost again to Victoria last night, 2-1. to one. So Everett's not, so Everett might be falling off. That, that Maybe. Set it's the only stage two losses. Seattle. And teams, they have bad games here. Look at Prince Albert. They've lost a Swift Current in a shootout, and Red Deer beat him, who's kind of a mid-average team. But as hard as Tri-City is, I think the Hawks avoid him in the playoffs. And even the playoffs are a different monster, and that's a little down the road, not super far. I think the Hawks are still the real deal with Hofer and that. I think they're still a pretty good team. So before we leave, before we sign off for another episode, Derek, I'm looking for one bold pick for you and from me. And here's my bold prediction and the reason why behind it. Montreal is going to make an impact in the in in the the months to come why because Carey Price is of course taking a break from the All-Star game sure he'll he'll be suspended for one game but with Carey Price in net and him possibly returning to great form I wouldn't be surprised if this Montreal team went deep Derek your bold take I mean you look at that and you see Montreal but you also see in the conference the Islanders they're leading the division and so they're leading the division. You're thinking, oh, they're, they're, they're going to make the playoffs hands down. Da, da. But I think they're a team that could go to the conference finals. We're not in the playoffs right now, but, I mean, at this point, I got to talk playoffs here. This Islanders team is a force to be reckoned with. Watch out for them with the stretch run coming up. We'll have to wait and see. So that will do it for another episode of Into the Crease. Tune in next Wednesday for more insight on the NHL and the Western Hockey League. So, for Derek Harper, I'm your host, Danny Block, saying so long for another episode of Into the Crease. We'll be back again next Wednesday. Have a good day, everyone.